This is the Faculty Focus Live podcast, sponsored by The Teaching Professor. I'm your host, Tierney King, and I'm here to bring you inspiration, energy, and creative strategies that you can utilize in your everyday teaching. Today we have David Sandler with us, who is an adjunct professor who has taught public speaking at Raritan Valley Community College for over a decade. So today we're going to talk about one of the things that a lot of students may dread, and that's public speaking. And kind of why do you believe public speaking is such a vital topic that we should teach to students in college? Well, thank you for having me, Tierney. I think it's a vital topic because it's a life skill. It's something that people have done before they reach my class. And it's something that people will continue to do after they leave my class. The focus is that, you know, what we're doing right now is public speaking. You know, when you go to a job interview, that's public speaking. If you're a waitress, a waiter, you know, trying to place an order and establish rapport with the customers, that's public speaking. If you're a corporate leader of some type or in a group setting in a corporation and you're having some sort of team meeting, you're all public speaking. Most people, you know, there's an unfortunate stereotype, I think, of public speaking where people, you think of this podium and someone's standing behind it and they're talking to a group of 100, 200 people. And that's important to be able to do But the fact of the matter is most people actually will probably never even have that opportunity. So kind of public speaking that people are really going to encounter on a a day-to-day basis is that one-on-one conversation, small groups, maybe a little larger groups, maybe they lead team meetings. So it's a life skill and it's going to impact your ability to influence a conversation, to articulate your thoughts. You know, I, I like to, I like to say that if you um, if you're unable to articulate what's going on in your unique brain, the two things happen. One, you lose out because you're unable to contribute to whatever situation you're involved in. So, per, on a personal level, you know, part of you just isn't getting as developed as it might be. And then, secondly, the world loses out. The world loses out on whatever good ideas you may have to share. So the ability to articulate what's going on in your unique mind is, it's a life skill. And that's kind of the paradigm that I use to have people think about this course. And so public speaking, it's it's hard, no matter whether you're in front of 200 people or whether it's just a one-on-one meeting. It's full of anxiety for some. Some of us dread doing it. How do you help students kind of confront those fears and anxieties and kind of what tools do you teach students that help them confront those? Good question and definitely a common concern. That feeling, that anxiety, that stress, whatever you want to call it, that people are feeling on a physical level, it's very similar to the feeling you get when you're excited. And it's like if you're about to take a roller coaster ride, or you're maybe thinking about kissing someone on, on a first date, right? <laughs> the that feeling is is very similar. But when we're thinking about it only as anxiety, as opposed to excitement, that's that that's where the problem comes in. So I try to make it 
I actually do make it very clear that I'm not going to be able to eradicate those feelings. And in fact, you don't want to eradicate those feelings. You want to have those feelings. If you don't have those feelings, you're not in touch with what you're feeling or you're, or you've numbed yourself. And then you're unable to use that passion, that adrenaline to help you present whatever it is, you know, whatever point of view you're trying to present. The key is to manage that, that anxiety slash excitement and not try to dismiss it or try to tamp it down, but try to learn to ultimately use it. Our textbook, The Confident Speaker's Handbook by Tom Vlasic, talks about the butterflies that everybody feels and trying to get those butterflies to fly in formation. And that's a, that's a pretty good analogy. That's kind of the idea that you're not going to lose that, nor, nor do you want to lose that. Because if you do, you, you lose any juice, any, any passion you're going to have, any enthusiasm the adrenaline that helps you make, you know, make, make a good presentation. And I feel like for me personally, public speaking, the class was something that I dreaded. I know that a lot of my peers, they dreaded it or they dropped out of class even. What's the response after your students make it through your class? And kind of what feedback do you get from students when they make it to the end and they're like, oh, this is, you know, what I've gained, or these are the techniques that I've, I've gained from this public speaking class. Typically, I get very good responses from, from students by the end of the class. And they, they all begin at a certain level. Some are much better than others. And I, in fact, uh, on, the, on the evaluation at the end, I, I have them rate, you know, on a one to 10 where they began and where, where they ended. And, you know, people generally raise anywhere from three to six points by the end of the course. And it happens because, you know, I have them go in little steps at a time. Uh, You know, we don't just get up there and start doing speeches. We do little exercises, sometimes little silly things. You know, talk about a pet peeve. For eye contact, for example, I'll have them recite their ABCs because that's something that they can, uh, certainly they all know them, but they don't have to really think about their content while they're actually working on their eye contact. So it's kind of silly. People laugh, but it loosens people up and it gets, it, it creates kind of an, a nice, a nice feeling. We have, we have a Q and a section, uh, what we do where I have them talk about, you know, what, what's their job or what's their major and what attracted them to that. And just tell us, you know, you 45, 60 seconds about that. And then have the class ask questions. And that tends to lead to some great discussion and people get to know each other. And so by, by doing that, and then they ultimately get to the speeches about midway through the course, they feel pretty confident. I've gotten numerous notes from people, you know, I, I was at a wedding and I was able to speak up when they asked if anybody had any comments. I was at a funeral and everybody it was very sad, but you know, I wanted to make some comments. I normally wouldn't have done that. And I was able to do that. I, I got a job and I really used a lot of the things we talked about in class. Uh, and that, that helped me quite a bit. So, you know, I'm, you know, uh, that's obviously gratifying to me as, as, you know, as an instructor. But what's really important is, is, is helping these students find their voice and 
know, and that is another thing in terms of you want to find your voice. You don't want to talk like me. You don't want to talk like anybody else. You might use techniques that, that other people use. It's good to observe other people, observe effective speakers, observe ineffective speakers. But ultimately, you want to find your voice. Okay, and be able to use that and be genuine. The analogy I used is, you know, because we're doing extemporaneous speaking, you know, meaning, you know, it's conversational. Uh, that's because that is how most people, that's how most presentations are given in a conversational way. So it's not a whole lot different than if you were in a restaurant speaking to somebody about and sharing some story with them and just talking, talking it through over a cup of coffee. If you can get to that point where you, you sort of can envision that, visualize that, and sort of find that, that zone, that comfort zone, that can be quite helpful. So the, the answer uh, is yes. The, by and large, students are definitely come out much better than they came in. Do you think there's a way for you know teachers who, even if they don't solely focus on public speaking or teach that class, to integrate that into their class still in just little ways, maybe yeah. during one or two classes, and how could they do that? Uh, yes, I think teachers need to be mindful of what they're doing, their models, and some of them are very good. Some of them, you know, aren't really thinking about that. How are they pre- presenting the material? Are they engaging? the class, you know, they're just thinking about, am I getting this across to people? An example would be, you know, when people use PowerPoints, you know, there are some that use PowerPoints correctly, uh, but so many people will use a PowerPoint, you know, and they'll have everything that they're saying on the PowerPoint. So they're reading you a PowerPoint and we've all been through that and it's pretty dreadful. And it's like, well, if you're going to read us the PowerPoint, what do we need you for? Why don't you just pass the PowerPoint out? So you know, it's using whatever tools you're using uh, effectively. So teachers need to not just be thinking about getting content across and putting layers and layers of content on students because they have a capacity also, but finding ways to giving some thought to, you know, am I being engaging? Am I engaging these students? You know, and how can I do that? Some are very good at that, but some I don't think um, give it enough thought. And then we've transitioned into the the online realm for the past few years. How do you still teach public speaking skills online? And how kind of has it changed, you know, in-person public speaking skills versus speaking via Zoom or online? Yes, I've taught uh, three or four classes uh, online. Uh, I'm just back for the first time this semester now in class. So it's been about I guess, 18 months. I found it actually worked out fine. It, there were some limitations, certainly, but the students, and because one of the questions I asked them at the end, you know, was, was you know, did they feel, you know, they got, they got out of this what they might have got in class? And 99, I was actually surprised, you know, you know 99% of them said, said yes, because they, they felt that they were still being seen by other students. They knew that I was watching them. So they still, you know, it's certainly not the same as, as standing in a room with, full of people, but they still had that sense of, you know, I, I'm the focus. So that was that was helpful. They, you know, it, it, it worked out quite well. The limitations of the in-person course, what I'm doing right now with everyone wearing masks is actually difficult 
because I, I've always thought, you know, eye contact is so important and, and it is. But, I, you know, I now realize also that boy, when you can't see someone's lips, you know, and if they're smiling or this or that, it makes a significant difference in, in how people are coming across. You know, so, yes, there's some definite benefits to, to being in class and there's things we can do that we couldn't do online. But the mask makes it makes a big difference. Right now, I'm sort of on the fence over, over which works better. But the other thing I will say is, and that is that doing it online is actually something that's I'm, I'm beginning to think, I'm thinking about incorporating into my curriculum, into my course, because that is, I mean, that is a, a way people communicate. So you're public speaking, you're communicating via Zoom or, you know, uh, platform you're using, you know, these video conferences, and there's ways to do it. And there's things to know, and there's things to know about your background, and there's things to know about how you're talking, you know, eye contact's funny, because even though you <laughs> might think you're looking at someone in the eyes, you, you're not really because all the cameras are, are, are a little bit different. But but the point is, it is a thing now. now we, we I don't think this is going to be leaving us. So the ability to once again engage, to articulate your thoughts over this medium is, is a new frontier that, that people need to be thinking about and, 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 and get some skills. And there's people that are doing job interviews every day over Zoom. And it's not the same as being in person. I've had students who, you know, they're, they're eating while they're, I mean, I'm, I'm fairly um, loose about that, but, you know, they're eating, you know, and, you know, that's okay. But I, there was one student who was actually using dental floss uh, to clean his teeth. And um, it was so um, <laughs> kind of over the top. I actually couldn't say anything because I didn't want to embarrass him. I thought maybe he thought he was off camera. I, I don't know. But, it was, <laughs> but, you know, just things like that. Uh, people need to be aware of, of what's going on when, when they're when they're on camera and they need to they need to to be able to communicate they need to be able to articulate their thoughts in just the way they would if they were in person so I think this is a skill that people need to begin to to learn more about absolutely and then kind of just lastly to to sum it up I guess for for the students, that come in, you know, that absolutely don't really have any experience with, with public speaking in, in big crowds, obviously, you know, they, they may talk to their boss or their friends daily and the people who really struggle with public speaking, what kind of motivation do you have for them and kind of what kind of inspiration do you help to ease them into this? Well, like I said, I, I, I try to ease all, all the students with baby steps. You know, we, we begin by actually reading an article about getting comfortable with public speaking. So in the first class, they're all just reading a paragraph. So that actually does something. And then, and then I have them look for something in that article that kind of resonates with them. And then just say a few words about that. So they're still just sitting in their chair and they say a few words about that. The next class, we might talk about, well, how do you, you know, when does your speech begin? You know, and, you know, it doesn't begin when you start speaking. It begins when you, when you walk up to, in front of the class. So we, we practice, just, just walk up here, you know, and turn around, tell us your name, tell us your major, and sit down. Okay. 
So again, it's kind of humorous. It's a very baby step, but you know, they, they, they do that sort of a thing. So it's just these, these little steps that help the people that are, are having a particularly tough time, even those that don't have that much of a problem, it, it's still pretty good practice. If I could just add one more thing, you know, people tend to think that they're either that for public speaking, they're, they're either an introvert or an extrovert and, and the impact that that's going to have on their, on their abilities. You know, it's, there's been a lot of research um, now that there's really a third category. It's called an ambivert. And an ambivert is actually someone who's right in the middle. And we're all, for the most part, we're all kind of right in the middle, but we lean, uh, we lean towards being an introvert or being an extrovert. And any of those categories, wherever you are on that, on that timeline, so to speak, you can still be a good public speaker. So you may be an inter, uh, you may be someone who can deal with, with, with people, but wants a limited amount of contact. So it may seem a little bit harder for you to, to do a public speaking sort of a thing, but you, you can, you just have to be, you have to be cognizant that it's going to take a lot more energy for you to do that. So, you know, you need to get your rest. You need to, you know, make sure you think about what you've eaten so you feel feel balanced and, you know, speak in a way so that you can you can focus your energy because it's going to take more energy out of you to do that. But it doesn't mean you can't be a really effective speaker. And on the other side of the coin is, is, is people that really don't have a problem with that, maybe ambiverts who, who lean towards being uh, extroverts. And they have no problem getting up there talking. Uh, which can be very, very helpful as long as they're able to rein it in sometimes, because sometimes you'll have people that just go on and on and on. And we've all, we've all seen that. <laughs> so they need to be able to recognize that they've got to be able to limit, limit what, what they're saying and, and do a little bit more um, self-editing, which is something that comes pretty naturally to, to the introvert. You know, those are some of the techniques. Whether you're driving to work or you just need a 15-minute think session, we hope the Faculty Focus Live podcast will inspire your teaching and offer ideas that you can integrate into your own course. For more information on the resources included in this episode, please check out the links provided in the episode description.